Hi, and welcome to Let's Be Real, a new economy project podcast. I'm your host, Julian Robinson. This episode is about the power of community organizing and the fight for economic development that prioritizes people over corporations. In September 2017, Amazon announced a plan to open a second headquarters, or HQ2. This began a nationwide bidding war, where cities across the U.S. offered tax breaks, subsidies, and other incentives to lure one of the world's richest corporations. Fast forward to November 2018, when New York City Mayor de Blasio and New York State Governor Cuomo unveiled an unprecedented $3 billion package of subsidies and grants that would bring HQ2 to Long Island City, Queens. Although there was always speculation Amazon was eyeing New York, it still came as a shock to New Yorkers when the company confirmed it would plant its flag in our city. It quickly became clear the deal was negotiated behind closed doors without any meaningful community engagement. Upon hearing the announcement, community-based organizations, some labor unions, and community members gathered to protest a corporate welfare deal that would benefit a company known for its exploitative labor practices, collaboration with Immigration and Customs Enforcement, or ICE, and a track record of exacerbating gentrification and homelessness. All this in a city plagued by an affordable housing crisis and deep economic inequality. Over the next three months, groups formed a coalition to take on the Behemoth Corporation packing city council hearings, protesting at city hall, and canvassing neighborhoods that would be most directly affected by the development. Despite the millions of dollars spent by Amazon to spin the deal in its favor, people power won the day, and by February, Amazon had pulled out of New York City. The defeat of this mega corporation, backed by the mayor and governor both, represents a dramatic victory for the organizations and community members that rallied to save their neighborhoods. In this episode, we bring in two organizers from the Neighbors Beyond Amazon Coalition, to describe the fight, what it meant for their members to win, and to hear their thoughts about the potential for economic development led by and for low-income and immigrant communities and communities of color. Strap in, strap hangers, and let's be real. We began our featured interview by asking our guests to introduce themselves and their organizations. Ahad Ahmed from Drum Desis Rising Up and Moving. And I'm Sasha Wajayarathna from CAV Organizing Asian Communities. Our members are low-wage people of South Asian descent. You know, our members or the parents of our members are working in restaurants as taxi drivers, as domestic workers, uh, and retail shops. And our members are spread out across the city. Um, The largest concentration is in Western Queens. We also have membership bases in uh, Jamaica and Queens, in South Queens in Richmond Hill and Ozone Park, in Kensington in Brooklyn, and in Parkchester in the Bronx. Yeah, CAV Organizing Asian Communities works with working class Chinese, Korean, and Bangladeshi immigrants in both Chinatown and in Queensbridge. So we primarily organize around housing and gentrification, and then also around building and strengthening an Asian immigrant left. While the HQ2 process was in the news, the deal came as a surprise to many community groups and many New Yorkers. We asked Fahad and Sasha about their initial reaction to the announcement. For Drum, you know, when when the announcement came out, we did like sort of quick check-ins with our leaders and some of our members, from whom we got a similar response that, there's no way that Amazon can come here and that we would still be able to stay in our neighborhoods. For our folks, the, the two issues that emerged the most were uh, rising rents 
our members already can't afford to stay in their apartments. Many of our members, most of our members live in basements, share apartments with like multiple people. You know, they, they're working low-wage jobs, so their incomes only force them to substandard and overcrowded housing. And so the, the primary response was something like Amazon coming in would further drive up rents and, and completely push us out of the neighborhood. The strongest feeling was that like literally in 15 to 20 years, our community will, will no, no longer be in this neighborhood. It was a rare case of a unanimous decision that our members voted to unequivocally oppose the deal. We similarly had a, after sort of, after we had the time to actually plan it, we also had a membership meeting across five different languages. So Mandarin, Cantonese, Bangla, Korean, and English, and had a similar process where we really presented everything that we knew to members. And the majority of members decided, like, this is a fight we have to be in, and this is a fight we can't afford to lose. And these fights are about more than keeping corporations out. They're about preserving neighborhoods, networks, and relationships for the folks that live in these communities. It's uh, a lot of what's been left behind as people uh, migrated, uh, sometimes forcibly, sometimes voluntarily. Um, And so there's a lot of that recreation of community uh, that is very meaningful to people. Um, And then there's also new forms of community, you know, where people um, interact with and build relationships with other other communities uh, across countries, across ethnicities, across language. And, you know, there's so many ways in which we make these neighborhoods our own. And when you walk down the street, like you can smell it, you can see it, you can feel it. And that is very meaningful to people. Uh, you know, when people migrate, uh, there's just so much lost. Family, families are lost, homes are lost, relationships are lost. And, and these recreations are ways to sort of hold on to them, rebuild them and, and create them anew. And that's very meaningful for our people. Um, and it's a strong reason why so many people um, are willing to fight for their neighborhoods, for their communities, um, and to to keep them going and, and to have them thrive. You know, we have community here. People support each other. People show up for each other. People cook for each other. And people welcome each other. Like, we've made, we've made and found community here that's really special. And we can't risk losing that. And so it's both about being able to stay within Queensbridge, stay within Queens, stay within the city. But it's also about being able to hold on to these communities that our folks have struggled really hard to recreate. And the support that people have for each other, the relationships people have for each other, the ways that people know their neighbors and know their neighbor's kids and pitch in where they're needed and drop off food if that's what somebody needs. Like that's, it's not something to take for granted. And I, and it's so worth fighting and throwing down for, even against a corporation that seems unbeatable, that's had its way in a number of other sort of fights and in other cities. And not only did these communities fight, but they beat back the wealthiest corporation in the world. Fahad and Sasha went on to describe what it was like for their members to be involved in such powerful organizing. It's, it's rare to engage in fights and win them. And it's even more rare for members to be able to engage from the beginning till the end of a fight, of a winning fight. And I think for our members that actually got 
deeply involved in this fight, like being able to see the beginning and the end of it is, is a very transformative experience. And historically, I think, you know, in, in organizing that, that's where people kind of really become fully transformed in understanding what the, the potential of organizing is. And I think that's, that's really what we are walking away with and like trying to deepen and further now. Because, you know, like Fahad said, we don't win very often. We often struggle so deeply and put so much into these fights and still lose. And that's a part of organizing is that you don't win every time. And we're always, almost always up against what seem like insurmountable odds. And so I think to have a fight of this scale that everyone told us was impossible and to then actually have members be involved from the beginning to the end and to see the win through and to get to celebrate that and to get to feel the impact of what this win means and the real weight of what would have happened if we lost, I think it really energized people. And... I think was a good reminder for all of us, members, staff, folks in Queensridge and Chinatown, that this is why we organize and that we don't just organize around the fights that we know we can win. We organize around the fights that feel impossible, that are the richest corporation, the wealthiest man. Like we can take on those targets, we can take on those fights, and we actually can win. So what's next? Sasha concluded the interview by discussing what groups in the coalition will be working toward now that HQ2 will be setting down roots in Queens. This win is, is the beginning for how we then actually get to decide what people-centered economic development looks like. And honestly, I think electeds who aren't aligned with that should be afraid. Developers who aren't aligned with that should be afraid. We demonstrated an incredible amount of organized, mass-based people power. And that's our vision for what happens next, is to actually build real community control, real people-centered development. And we've, we've been experimenting with things like a community land trust, where communities actually get to own the land that they're on. But I think at scale, at the sort of scale of New York City, at the scale even of just Queens as a borough, I think we're actually entering a really exciting moment where we get to experiment and figure out what will actually work. And there are models in different cities, in different countries, of communities actually having real say over the budget, over the land they're on, over their own neighborhoods. I think we still have to figure out and build out what will work in a place like New York City. But I think it's possible, and it's also similar to the fight against Amazon. Like We can't afford to not try that. Our communities need that, and we can't afford to not do it. Thanks for tuning in. As Sasha and Fahad noted, the fight to keep Amazon out of New York City was just the beginning. Since February 2019, the Neighbors Beyond Amazon Coalition has turned its attention to crafting an economic development platform with and for the communities that have historically been left out of the decision-making process. New Economy Project looks forward to continuing its work in coalition with these groups and neighborhoods to build economic democracy in our city. The Coalition has many actions planned over the next month including a trip to Albany to present the coalition's policy platform for the legislative session. Check out the Twitter accounts for CAV at C-A-A-A-V, DRUM at Desi's Rising Up, New Economy Project at New Economy NYC, and other coalition members for up-to-date information on how to take action in solidarity with the Neighbors Beyond Amazon Coalition. 
For more information, please visit our website, neweconomynyc.org slash let's be real. Thanks again and see you next time.